What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. Uh, Dan Malin joined by Matt Sells for the Fantasy Alarm NASCAR DFS podcast. Recording this during Thursday night football, so it's a real barn burner right now between the Bengals and Jaguars. Uh, many thanks to uh, Ed Rouse for stepping in for me last week while I was on vacation for Las Vegas. Uh, Matt, how did Vegas treat you? Oddly enough, the two races that you covered the playbook for, the truck and the cup race, were the ones that I had the most success with. Uh, quickly lost out on, on about 100 bucks. For the Xfinity race, because those guys don't really know how to race, and I'm getting kind of tired of covering them. Yeah, it's kind of nuts to watch the truck folks, uh, and you know, obviously we expect the cup guys to know how to race, but the fact that the trucks consistently have less carnage than Xfinity is kind of nuts. Um, but yeah, it was fun uh, filling in for the truck playbook. Um, it's a different, I, I do have to say, it's a different approach when I do the truck playbook because there, compared to Xfinity or Cup, the equipment matters almost more than the driver. Um, so you can put a bad driver in a good truck and still that's get a pretty decent. Dollar. Well, that's true. True dollars. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I so wanted to put him in there. I was like, wait, this guy crashes every single time he's in the damn truck. Every so that's time a no-go. he's in Kyle Busch's truck, he always wrecks it. And I'm surprised it's, he's getting an invite. It's unbelievable. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that was fun. You know, they don't they don't get to race quite as often at Vegas. Um, so I'm glad we had some uh, had some decent success there with the truck playbook. Um, I felt like ultimately I actually had a pretty decent read on that race. Um, had a pretty decent read on the Cup race too. I felt like, um, you know, just uh, not quite as many cautions as as maybe I would have thought in the cup race. But then again, in the 550 package, those suckers are glued to the ground and don't slide. So, yeah, Jeff very Lugge little chance for his, his weekly tweet, like, was Vegas a good race? And I think it was a resounding no, just because not a lot of cautions, not a lot of resets for other drivers to kind of get back up and in, in, into contention. Um, I didn't catch much of it. I think I caught basically the final stage. Uh, you know, I only played one lineup, but I made some green off of it. So I have zero complaints. Yeah, I did. Um, I know I didn't put out an actual best bets, but I think I dropped them in the Discord there for you guys. I was kind of, uh, I guess, impressed all through my own horn that I had Denny Hamlin read so well, considering the fact he'd never won Vegas before. Um, going off, I know a lot of people, um, some of my friends in the industry, bet Chase to win it, which I didn't really fully understand because um, Denny just had the better consistency there. Um, so a lot of them were upset they didn't win the plus 700 bet, but I won a plus 650 bet, so I'll, I'll take that. Uh, we turn our attention this week to Talladega. Uh, as you know, these podcasts are typically shorter than normal. However, uh, we did get some driver news, and we got the schedules next year for 2022 announced. I don't know how much you want to touch on those. Um, yeah, so, you know, the, the cup schedule came out. I guess a couple of weeks ago now, so yeah, we, we touched on we touched on that one. Um, so I was kind of uh, mostly happy with that one. The Xfinity and the truck ones are definitely interesting to me. To watch Mid Ohio come off the Xfinity schedule was a little bittersweet, um, but to get Portland it goes to the there, truck schedule though. It does go to the truck schedule, uh, and because they're not going to Canada. 
Um, so that's a little that's a little disappointing because I know those Canadian uh, fans love that that truck race up at uh, um, Canadian Motorsport Tire Tire Motorsports Park. What? Yeah, I just call it Motorsport Park when I write it up. There you right. go. That's I think that's generally <laughs> what it's called. Um, but getting it at Portland is fantastic because I don't know if anybody's seen IndyCar races at Portland. Uh, but that track is fantastic. Those fans are great. Uh, the atmosphere is going to be fantastic. So that's nice to see uh, a little bit more West Coast racing. Um, and as long as we're going to keep this trend of, you know, five to six road courses a year, it'd be nice to see uh, Cup get a date out in Portland um, at some point. I don't know. I don't know what we're bumping off to go get that. Uh, and then trucks. We're going to IRP, so that's pretty sweet. We get another fantastic track back there, too. Um, yeah, I think that kind of covers the main notes of it. Um, driver news. <clears throat> uh, Daniel Hemrick is moving from JGR and Xfinity to Colleague Racing. Um, He's taking the seat from Justin Haley, essentially, because Haley's going up to the Cup Series <clears throat> next year if we forgot that uh, Colleague is going Cup Racing next year. With two it's, cars. It's good for Hemrick. Uh, he's, a, he's had some really solid runs with JGR this year. So he's moving from, you know, great equipment to another team with great equipment. Um, I mean, they Ricky won Stenhouse. the regular season title in Xfinity yeah. this year. So. Um, so he's going to a great team. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse announced earlier today that he's back in the 47 car for JTG. We were talking about how this really leaves Matt Benedetto. <clears throat> pretty thin for options next year. Yeah. Uh, as far as I can tell, really the only option right now is a part-time rolling cup with, you know, the second college car. Um, because Justin Haley gets the full-time gig there and AJ Allmendinger will get part-time cup racing gig. Uh, for colleague while he also then races full time in Xfinity as they try to go, you know, run it back for the regular season title. Um, so yeah, that may be the only cup ride I see open right now, unless there's an additional car getting opened. Um, at say like Roush Fenway, which I don't foresee happening unless Brad Keselowski wants to pay to Benedetto some money to come there and, racing a third car. Um, I don't see that happening. Austin Dillon's not going to, I mean, his grandfather's not going to do, like, not going <laughs> to let Austin <laughs> Dillon walk. Tyler Reddick's done very well in the eight car, so he's not going anywhere. I don't understand why people keep saying, oh, he might be on the, he's, I don't see where he's going. Um, clearly, there's no JGR seat open. There's no, uh, you know, Penske, there's no Hendrick seat open. Uh, Chip Ganassi's down to basically doesn't exist, and they got rid of one of those cars. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and as he said on an uh, interview this week, he's basically out of options at this point. So he may wind up back in the Xfinity series. We'll see. Yeah, that's kind of disheartening for Benedetto, but... You know, I mean, I'd rather see him in the Cup Series than, like, any of these backmarkers like Quinn Howe for um, 
Joey Gase, who, by the way, got medically cleared to uh, race after that horrifying crash at Vegas. Yeah. Um, Good for him. You know, I'd rather see Benedetto up there rather than Cody Ware, Joey Gase, or, you know, those guys. But it is what it is. All right. So we will turn our attention to Talladega this weekend. Um, everyone kind of knows my approach with this. I make three lineups for every series. Not a fan and of by the way, the strategy here. can be used for all series. It's not a cup specific. Yeah, like I already have my I have my reservations in for truck, Xfinity, and Cup. Um, not going too crazy. I'm not looking to blow all my bankroll on Talladega. Um, I feel like it's. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like if you've listened to this podcast, if you've read the playbooks for Talladega before, you know the strategy. You know how much of a mess it is. Um, this late in the season, especially with NFL, I find it hard to believe like we have newcomers to Talladega, but we'll still touch on the strategies. Um, it's just it's just the nature of the racing, the pack racing. Um, it's hard to gauge dominator points because they're so spread out. It's really just getting six drivers in your lineup that finish the race clean and, and can get you some either a solid finish or, uh, you know, PD. Other than that, you know. We're not going to wrap up the podcast now by any means, but that's just the – if I had to sum it up in about 10 seconds, that's the strategy. Yeah, we actually had some uh, good questions in the Discord channel uh, earlier this evening about strategy with Talladega and what stats matter here and which ones might not uh, matter quite as much. Um, one of them was average running position, which is one of my favorite stats to look at uh, at plate tracks. And if you're unfamiliar with it, it is something that's been included in the track breakdown. Um, basically every week for, I think the last two, three years, uh, it's basically a calculation of where the driver ran the position that the driver ran. When you factor in every lap, that car was on the track for that race. Okay. So let's say, let's see, let's go give you an example here. All right, so we've got uh, Ryan Blaney. We'll just go with him. His average starting spot is 9.8 in the last five Talladega races. His average running position is 9.6, and his average finish is 10.2. So he's basically hanging around the same spot that he usually is, right? Um, another example here of what – let's talk about Matt Benedetto since we were just talking about him. Last five Talladega races, his average start is 21.2, and his average finish is 22.6. Doesn't sound great, right? Except when you look at running position, it's 13.0. So that means he's actually moving up and hanging around the top 15, top 10. And then he gets caught up in something late in the race that makes him get a finish that's about where he starts. So the trick with him is if he can avoid having that problem happen, which we've we've seen him lead laps here. We've seen him be up front late with a couple laps to go and then gets moved out of the way, right? If he can avoid that, he can capitalize on that running position. So that's one stat we're looking at this week, uh, to be sure. Another one that uh, was asked about is what do we do? How are we making lineups in terms of position differential versus dominator points? And I will tell you this. I completely disregard dominator points this week. I don't pay attention to them at all. You want to know why? In the last nine restrictor plate races, you want to guess the most fastest laps 
Like, what what driver has the most fastest laps, and how many do you think they have per race? In the last uh, nine plate races. Oh, God. So that's combining Dega and Daytona? Yes. Uh, well, I'm trying to think of people who have probably run the most clean races, so maybe... Uh, this might sound stupid, but Corey it, LaJoy? It's actually a guy who gets caught up in every single wreck. Stenhouse. Not at these races, actually, but a Truex. Truex okay. leads the field in fastest laps per race in the last nine plate races at 6.4. There's an average of like 170 laps a race in the last nine yeah. plate races. He leads the field with 6.4 fastest laps per race. So, yeah, it's basically comes down to where you are in the draft, what line you are in the draft, um, who's around you in the draft, and was it a clean lap or was it pit entry, whatever. So fastest laps basically are impossible to count on here. They're almost impossible to count on regularly anyway, but... That's, you know, in the last nine plate races, um, Denny Hamlin leads the way with 31 laps led on average. Yeah. Okay, so that's decent. It right? helps when he's won Daytona three times in, like, the last seven years. Right. That's the other thing to keep in mind. When you look at just Talladega, that number drops to 17.4 mm-hmm. laps led per race in the last five Talladega races. Okay, Logano's actually led the most here at 28.2. So you can try to get some laps led, but they're really not going to make a difference. The best way to build lineups this week, and you'll see when the playbook comes out, there's the the average starting spot per, you know, average points per starting spot. It'll quite clearly illustrate this point. Um, But the best way to do it is you start the guys who are starting in the back half of the field, and then you just hope that they make it through the big one. And I'll give you a free tip. Don't play Denny. Denny Hamlin's going to be very hard to play this week. What do you project his ownership to be? It'll be low. See, I don't know. Because, like, if you look at how he's done in the last few... Like, he won this race last year. Yeah. This specific race, he won it last year. He started on the pole, led 26 laps, won it. He's starting on the pole this week, too. Right? So, here's the problem with Denny, though. Denny always drops back in these races. He always drops back. It doesn't matter. Like, if you look at his last three Daytona 500 wins, he spent 90% of those races dropped in the back. And then, like, with 15 to go, he makes the charge up to the front and just somehow pulls it off every time. Yeah. So you're going to get immediate negative position differential from Denny Hamlin. And unless he wins, you're not breaking even. So it's going to be very interesting to see what his how many people play him because he's on the pole. So the, yeah. nat- the natural inclination is he'll be out of the fray, but not really because he drops back all the time. Um, I guess we can just. Start previewing the races. I have not looked at the truck and Xfinity slates yet. Um, but it is a doubleheader on Saturday, which I think is kind of neat. Um, so, I mean, if you have multiple TVs and you can mix those in with college football all day, that's awesome. Good for you. Also got uh, MLB coming down to the wire. Um, I kind of just... Pretty interesting playoff races for MLB. 
Yeah, the Red Sox are, uh, God, they suck. They are fumbling the season away. But anyway, <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about just some drivers to look at. Um, I can't believe I'm leading off with this driver. But what do you think about Justin Haley at 9,400 starting P38? I was actually going to go with a different guy <laughs> who starts with Justin, who's also 9,000 in the cup race. And it's Justin Allgaier. Okay, so another Xfinity driver. He's also 9,000. He's starting, like, 33rd. Um, I mean, Justin Haley's been ridiculous at plate races. Like, no matter the level, he's been straight-up ridiculous at them. Uh, we watched him win at Daytona two years ago uh, in the cup race when Kurt Busch made the ill-timed pit stop because I can't. I guess they can't read radar. Um <laughs> but he won the cup race and then hauled off and won, what, the next three Xfinity plate races? I think he won, like, three in a row or some, something ridiculous. I think he, he last year in 2020, he either swept Daytona or Talladega, and then I think he won another one of the other two. Right, he won, like, three of the four, I think. <clears throat> yeah. Um, 9,400, I mean, I know what DK's doing here. Right, he's 77 on FanDuel, so they're kind of doing the same thing uh, as well. Because you just, the guy's really good at plate tracks, and it doesn't really matter if it's Cup or Xfinity. Uh, he's going to move up. It's basically a free PD square. Plus, the other um, thing is, too, is like, you know, all the cars are on a level playing field this week. Right. And it's not like if you play Haley at 9,400, you know, and most weeks when you look at his salary, he's he's around 5K. But this is a week where you leave salary on the table, so it's like you're not going to be hindered by his salary one bit. No, I mean, you will see people that just go, okay, let's plug in Hauf, Gay, Smithley, Haley, Starr, and Castle and just let the chaos reign supreme. Yeah, right? people there, live in cash. There will, there will literally be people in cash who just take on DK the last six guys in line and on FanDuel the last five guys in line. Like, if you want to do that on FanDuel – You'll make a lineup that literally costs you $10,000. You could leave $40,000 on the table on FanDuel and get PD out the wazoo. <laughs> this I mean, on DraftKings, I just did Justin Haley, Eric Almarola, Justin Allgaier, Ross Chastain, Ricky Stenhouse, and Ryan Priest, and they're all starting outside the – well, Almarola is starting 20th, but everyone else is outside the top 20. Yeah. And you've got what four nine thousand dollar guys? Uh, yep. Almarola, Chastain, Allgaier, and Haley. And you still get Stenhouse. And even if you don't like Priest, you could go to McDowell. You could go to Bubba Wallace. I actually really like Priest this week. Yeah, like why <laughs> I not? Like like, Priest a lot. Yeah, that'll be one of my. Um, lines. But you could yeah. go to McDowell. Guy won his money at Daytona Five Hundred when I called him to win it. Yeah. Um, not saying he will this week, but the guy also circling back here to another stat that's really important this week is laps completed, right? I know we get points for it on FanDuel and we make fun of the scoring and whatever, but <laughs> in these matters. races, it matters on both sites. Whether you get points for it on DK or not, you still kind of do because if your guy isn't completing laps, he's finished in the back half of the field and... That's going to cap your point day, right? So we want to pay attention to guys that are completing the most laps per race. Um, 
And Michael McDowell is one of those guys that just completes an amazing amount of laps per race. Um, he's one of the best in the field at it. So that's a thing going in. But, again, we're not going to do a driver-by-driver driver breakdown here because basically everybody's in play this week. I will put out a playbook. It'll whittle the field down for you. That playbook's going to go based off of you know track history, the guys that are typically best at this style of racing. But everybody is in play because pure chaos will reign supreme this weekend at Talladega. It's going to be nuts. The marketing campaign for these races literally involves the literally first. just the crashes. Big one. Yeah. So also keep in mind it's a playoff race. Uh there are some drivers that think this race will be less chaotic than the Charlotte Roval, which is hard to imagine. But if you don't like road racing, this may be your best chance to lock in your shot at the next round. Yeah. Um so there is that. And, by the way, uh, statistically speaking, outside of Denny Hamlin, you want to avoid Toyotas. Yeah, I mean, they're all kind of starting pretty high as it is, right? Well, it's not just that. It's just that in these races, we see so much manufacturing. Oh, yeah, begin, there's only like five or six Toyotas, yeah. There's five or six Toyotas, right? Because there's JGR is four of them, and then there's two, like, one-offs. Um and so they have to work with Chevy or Ford mm. to move up through the field. And when push comes to shove, which will happen because there's pushing and shoving at plate races, mm-hmm. those cars have more numbers and it's easier for them to find teammates to work together. Let's also just throw out that, <clears throat> typically speaking, the guys that drive for JGR are not the best plate racers except for Denny Hamlin. Yeah. So, you know. There is there is that. Um, did you want to discuss any other drivers? I know the two we touched on most specifically were um, two guys we don't really expect to see in cup races. But I yeah, Geyer's good at this. I mean, I know he doesn't have any history here in the Cup Series, but he's good at plate races. Um, and keep in mind, by the way, that Justin Allgaier, for what it's worth, drives for. JRM in the Xfinity series, right? He drives for Junior Motorsports. You want to know who flat out freaking dominated Talladega in his cup days? Dale Earnhardt Jr. He and his dad actually still hold the record for most wins at Talladega in the history of the track. So you don't think that guy's learned a thing or two from his boss in terms of how to draft and how to run it and whatnot so we'll just toss that out there there's a reason he's 9,000 it's not a tra- it, I mean it's not just because he's starting 33rd it's because the guy knows what he's doing at these races um you know we do like to make fun of Stenhouse crashing all the time but his aggressiveness actually pays plays well into yeah. these races um he has won here a couple of different times um we talk about Team Penske all the time at plate races. Who's your favorite this yes. week? Probably Logano. I don't know. They're all starting. They're fourth, seventh, and eighth. And yeah. Laney's 10-7. Kislowski's 8-6. Logano's 7-9. So it's really just pick your poison. 
Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, Kislowski won here earlier this year. Yeah. Um, it was his only win of the year, right? I think so. Is it his only? Pretty sure. Could have sworn he had another one, but maybe not. Um, I mean, Logano's only win this year was on Bristol Dirt, right? I think. I think so. I honestly don't remember, man. The, been the Penske guys have been so consistently in the top ten that's all that's really mattered. They haven't really, you know, gotten the wins because those have all gone to Hendrick. Um, I mean, statistically speaking, Blaney's got the better average finish here in the last five races at Talladega. Um, he's also got the the better finish in the last nine overall plate tracks. Um, I will say that Logano tends to be... Um, better at Daytona than he does at Talladega. Blaney tends to be better at Talladega than he does at Daytona, which is weird. You would think that they would just be good since they're both plate tracks, but um, I guess it's the extra .16 miles per lap that throws them off. I'm not <laughs> not entirely sure there, but yeah, I'd probably lean Blaney, but again, he's expensive. Um, and there's basically no way he's going to hit value this week if you're playing a guy in the top 10 just don't expect value to happen yeah because you're just not going to get another lap slide to make that you're kind of just hoping that they either finish where they start or slightly improve or just win <laughs> right i mean blaney has led a, a bunch of laps here per race um so i guess if he meets that average and then finishes in the top three you get a pretty decent shot of him hitting value but that's about um, all you can get. Larson is a tough play this week, I will say. He has a very good history of getting caught up in wrecks and crashing out. Um, in fact, he may actually have the mark for the worst position differential in the field in the last five races here. His mark is negative 23 in that department. Yeah. Uh, not good. Right. <laughs> Bob, to paraphrase a Howard's catchphrase at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I would say Bubba Wallace at 5,900 is just plain disrespectful at plate tracks because the guy's actually a really good plate racer. Um, but, yeah, you're basically going to want one guy in the top 10, maybe, maybe one in the top 15, and then everybody else should be 20th or worse. And that's just how you're going to build your lineups. Is there anything else you want to touch on? Otherwise, I think that's pretty much all you need to know for Talladega and Daytona. And obviously, be on the look for the playbooks where we'll discuss specific drivers yes. more eloquently. But, yeah, for, for podcast purposes, I feel like just touching on strategy and bankroll management and contest selection. Because since I only do three lineups for these races, I love three lineup max contests. And I still throw them in the, the happy hour, which is 20 max. But I, I, I really like... Just doing like the three mag, three entry max contests, and just calling it a day. I'll save my bankroll for NFL Sunday and things like that. Agreed. Yeah, I think it's what the hot rod on DK that's usually a three entry max. I believe so. Uh, that I play almost every week. Yeah. Um, if you want to do the super small ones that are like a quarter and then max entry those and just pick a random grouping, that's fine. But don't like max enter the, you know, we're we're not going. <laughs> balls out on Talladega here. It's it's 
literally a dart throw every single time they come here. Yeah. Um, You'll be making money uh, by lap 70, and then by lap 78, you could be losing a lot of money. I mean, hell, the last time they were at Talladega, I was up 450 bucks on the last lap at turn three. And then, or no, sorry, at Daytona, I was losing money on FanDuel going into turn three on the last lap. And then Logano decided to block the bejesus out of Kislowski, wrecked him, McDowell won, and I took down a $2,500 GPP. There you go. Literally a ha- less than a half a lap later. So things go crazy here. Um, you will see pits happen in, you know, groups. Um, and just because... It's gone 150 laps, and we haven't seen the big one. Don't be like, oh, the big one's not going to happen. It'll happen. It happens 99% of the time at Talladega. Especially when you have a handful of drivers that you know need a win to move on to the next round, and this is probably their best shot at doing so. Yeah, They'll get aggressive. Like Kevin they, will, Harvick. they will try to make a move, and uh, yeah, like we're, we will see one or two big ones. Yeah, like Kevin Harvick is probably looking at this as his as a good shot to get a win because he's really not that great of a road racer, um, and so yeah, he's gonna have to do something to move on. There's a few other guys. All right, well, Matt, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck to you, and best of luck to the FA Nation this week for Talladega. Best of luck, FA Nation.